0: Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond and glad to have you joining us for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Have you heard that line about how the average person swallows a certain number of spiders in their sleep? I've heard it range anywhere from a person swallows four spiders a year while they're sleeping to. It's as little as 20 during the entire span of your life. But do we actually swallow any spiders when we sleep? Well, according to Scientific American, no. It's extremely unlikely that any human would ever swallow a spider while they're sleeping. And this is because of a couple of reasons. First, the main spider species that live in homes throughout North America, they usually spend the bulk of their time either taking care of, tending their webs, or hunting for food in areas where humans aren't normally frequenting. The second thing is when you are sleeping, especially if you were sleeping with your mouth open where a spider could actually crawl in, well, an open mouth while you're sleeping probably means you're snoring, and this creates extra noise, And vibrations on top of just your body, you know, your heart and lungs, the breathing, all of that, that creates vibrations. And spiders consider vibrations to be a big warning sign of danger. So they would almost certainly stay away from you. So you can rest assured, or maybe sleep assured, that it's very doubtful you're ever going to swallow a spider while you sleep. But what about other bugs? Have you ever eaten any other kind of bug? Whether it's on purpose or accidentally. I can think of two times where I did. One was that accidental, accidental, not my choice. It was uh, I, I was probably seven or eight years old, riding my bike down a street one afternoon, and out of nowhere, a bug just flew into my mouth, and I don't even remember what it was. I don't even know if I knew what it was at that point. I know I coughed, you know, tried to spit it out, but I'm pretty sure I swallowed at least part of it. The other time was when I had taken a friend of mine, Mike took him to a football game at the home of the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field. And two of my daughters had also come along with me and Mike for that game. And one of my girls, Trinity, she might have been 15 or 16 at the time. Before we entered the stadium, she'd stopped by this little booth, this kiosk, where they were selling these different unique and kind of weird foods. They had things like alligator jerky and fried crickets. And Trinity, she decided to buy the fried crickets that they had there. And she held on to that little package all through the game. She hadn't tried anything, and only when we were walking back to our car later that evening after the game was over, that was when she asked me and Mike if either one of us would eat one. And I was the first one to reply. I said, no, I'm not interested. But Mike, he said, well, I'll eat one if Josh will eat one. And so then I said, okay, sure. If I eat one, if that means that I get to watch Mike eat a cricket as well. I'll go for it. And so we did. Mike and I, we both popped one each into our mouths, crunched them down. They were salted, which, of course, helps pretty much kind of like any other salty, crunchy kind of snack food. So how about you? Have you eaten any bugs? That's the only time I've ever eaten a bug that I know of where I did it on purpose. But the saint that the Catholic Church celebrates today, he had a diet that prominently featured bugs. Today is the memorial of the Passion of St. John the Baptist. And in St. Matthew's Gospel, we get this brief description of John the Baptist. In the third chapter, the fourth verse, it says, John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. Locusts and wild honey. How many locusts would you need to eat to get full every day? Well, John, he lived out in the wilderness by the Jordan River, and he was this bold, this unapologetic person calling people to repentance. And we were told that he paves the way for Jesus to come into the world. But he's bold to the point that he calls out the local king on his sins, and this eventually leads to John's execution. And that's because he's unwilling to compromise when it comes to being honest about right and wrong. He's not going to downplay the seriousness of sin. Do you think you could do that? Stand firm in telling the truth, even if it meant that you might go to prison or you might lose your life. We see this kind of thing happen to saints throughout the history of the church. We have this witness of Christians throughout the centuries who considered their faith in Christ more valuable, to be worth more, than their safety, their personal safety. They were willing to die, many times painfully and horribly, because of holding to their beliefs. Would you be willing to suffer, to possibly die for the love of Jesus? Well, today we want to spend this hour looking at the life and the example of St. John the Baptist, and how we can have that same attitude, where we're willing to hold to the truth, to hold to Christ, even if it costs us everything. And our spiritual director for the hour today, Father Tom Wilson, is back with us once again. Father Wilson is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Father, welcome back to the inner life. Always great to have you here. Thanks, Josh. Good to be back. So, St. John the Baptist, um, I I guess, have you ever eaten a locust before? A locust, maybe (laughs) uh, make it a little more palatable with some wild honey?
2: I have never knowingly uh, consumed locust or any other uh, insect or bug. I'm sure living in Minnesota, I've probably taken down a couple of mosquitoes or whatever out in the woods unintentionally. But uh, nope, I am not that... uh,
0: I'm not that rugged uh, as as John the Baptist. <laughs> That's all right. I'm pretty soft too. So, um, well, to start off the hour, before we talk about how we can have this same sort of attitude in our lives, can you maybe just tell us a little about the life of of John the Baptist? What we know about him?
2: Yeah, the scriptures are the scriptures are pretty clear that John is the is the precursor to to Jesus. Uh, he takes on uh an image that we see occasionally in the scriptures in the Old Testament prior to John of a miraculous birth and a uh, in terms of uh being born to to elderly parents and uh that signals that something great is going to going to happen if we recall uh you know the the uh, the last week of advent and it 's actually on on um uh, Christmas Eve morning mass is the uh, the, the the beautiful um, canticle of Zechariah in which uh, Zechariah, uh, who's who's John's father, uh, you know, announces this uh, this glorious uh, glorious birth of this unexpected child and 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 how he is uh, meant to to be the one that would guide us into the way of peace, who would uh lead us and and be the precursor to uh, to uh and being prepared for uh for the gift of of jesus to to come so uh John is a miraculous birth john is as uh, you recall the the visitation John leaps in the womb of uh, of the bless of of um, uh, Elizabeth and uh, and so uh, Elizabeth is uh, given an indicator and a marker of of. Um, John's recognition, even in the womb, some theologians would say, John's recognition of being in the presence of of the Lord. So he's intimately tied with Jesus. He's a distant relative of of Jesus. uh, And clearly his his mission is to be the precursor uh, to Jesus or the last prophet, as uh, he sometimes referred to in uh, in theological and biblical circles as as well, and uh, what we see today in the in the celebration of his beheading or, or martyrdom is uh, uh, just a clear representation of. Uh, as you indicated his his boldness, but also his uh, his fidelity and I think this is something we 'll probably get into later on his detachment um, john was uh, John was detached he clearly lived a physically simple life um, with his simple clothing and eating bugs and and, and things like that, uh, but he was also detached from the from the the status kinds of things in the world not just the material things in terms of his uh his willingness to speak truth in a, in a cultural and social and religious environment that did not want to hear it the truth about um, marriage the truth about uh, natural law the truth about God's revelation to uh, to to his people uh no know, knowing full well that the people who were going to hear it and needed to hear it did not want to hear it. So uh, John is uh, John is bold. John is is faithful. Uh, John is uh, is is detached, and and because of that, he's he's able to see uh, clearly who Jesus is and uh, respond faithfully to his call.
0: And so today, then, like you you mentioned, we see his martyrdom in the reading, the gospel reading, and that's because. Uh, Herod has him imprisoned, Herod ends up um, taking his brother's wife essentially to be his own wife, and John the Baptist just calls him out on it and says, you can't do this, you know, this is wrong. And Herod, he actually, uh, you know, we read he likes to speak with John, even though he ends up being called out for his sins. And Herod, when he, you know, it turns out that it's his brother's wife, who once John killed, and there's this whole scene that we have, you know, the the daughter is there, and Herod is so pleased with her dancing, and he says, I'll give you anything up to half of my kingdom if you ask for it, and the daughter goes and asks her mother, what should I ask for, and that's where she, the, the mom says, well, ask for the head of John the Baptist, because she doesn't, she doesn't like John at all. I don't want to hear any more of him calling us out on our sins. Herod, he he's a little sad at this. He he doesn't want to lose face in front of the people when he's made this big promise there on his birthday. But um, he goes through with it. But he's he's really kind of sad and regretful that he has to go ahead and kill John at this point.
2: Yeah, this the the, the character of Herod in this one is uh, is it, it, it's interesting how he reacts, as you mentioned, Josh. He um, even in his, even in his sinfulness, he enjoys listening to John. That's the way that, that's the way the scriptures describe it. He he enjoyed listening to John, and why? Because as human beings, we're we're made for truth, and uh, John is John is speaking John is speaking the truth, and so there is there is something attractive uh, about it, even to. Uh, to this guy who's who's shrouded with um, with evil and selfishness and uh, and and all of that, but he still wants to, he still wants to hear him, uh, but he's also filled with pride, and so uh, in this in his pride he says he'll give anything and and the uh, uh, his, uh Herod's wife Herodias is is wanting to uh have John out of her hair and be done so it's like let's get uh let's get rid of him and and so um John is faithful Herod is is obviously uh filled with sin uh but he's al- he's also filled with pride and, and probably ends up doing something that he would rather not have done Uh, and, and so, uh, John gets, in some ways he gets, uh, he gets caught in the middle, but, um, there is a risk of facing evil. There's a risk of, of facing sin. And I think that, um, you know, John's, John's testimony to Jesus, John's testimony to, to uh, the truth uh, is it's a good example for all of us who um, every generation lives in a sinful world um, sometimes it's more prominent than um, than others, and I think we're just in we're just in one of those places right now that um, yeah. you know we've we've got we've got lots of difficulty we've got kind of massive uh turning on on God and his truth and um and and we're called to we're called to testify to that truth even in um socially difficult circumstances.
0: You know, I also appreciate that even and this is earlier when he's imprisoned, you know, uh he's he's in that setting but John the Baptist he gives us this great example of not compromising, you know, the fidelity that you're talking about here on what we believe. We still get this insight into a moment where he faces questions, maybe some doubts about the path that he's walking, and he sends one of his followers to ask Jesus if he really is the Messiah. And I I really like this. I think it's a very relatable moment for all of us. You know, Jesus gives John the confirmation that he needs so he can stay on course, stay on that right path. But, you know, it seems if if John the Baptist— right after this, then Jesus goes on to call him the greatest born among men. Um, If John the Baptist can wrestle with questions and doubts, we shouldn't get too down on ourselves for those moments where we find ourselves struggling with doubt. But, you know, we should also be like John, be willing to listen to the answer that Jesus gives us when we do ask those questions that arise from doubts. Don't just ask the question, but listen for the answer.
2: Yeah, exactly, and the and the core of all of that, Josh, is in 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 John's uh, response to the people when they're asking, "Are are you he?" And he says, "No, um, he must increase, and I must decrease." And that's the um, that's really the response of any faithful disciple in in terms of uh, being filled by by the Lord, being filled by Jesus. And uh, the whole the whole desire of a disciple is that uh, Jesus would be recognized in our life, and so we want Him uh, to to increase while while we and our own egos uh, and individual uh, desires and all that sort of thing decrease. So we want Jesus to increase and. And, and us to decrease like John the Baptist did, and uh, when we do that, we become uh, more effect, more effective witnesses uh, and able to give more credible testimony to uh, to the truth of Jesus.
0: Our spiritual director is Father Tom Wilson here today on the inner life. Today we're talking about the life of St John the Baptist, looking at his example as he was martyred for standing firm in the truth for what he believed. How about you? How do you live your life so that you are willing to give it up for Jesus so that Christ can be the one to increase just as Father Wilson was saying. He can increase, you can decrease. It's not a not an easy Uh, task ahead ahead of each one of us. But, you know, when have you had to face that time in your life where you had to die to yourself in order to live for Christ? What has helped you to be less attached to your life? Maybe that's something that really is difficult and you'd like some insight on how you can maybe get over an attachment in a certain area or uh, how you can grow in that boldness standing up for Christ and for your faith. Our phone number to call in and speak with Father Wilson, 888-914-9149, 888 9149 Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Uh, Father, I, I think from the outside, you know, people might look at someone who is martyred for the faith, for belief in Christ, their unwillingness to deny Christ or to compromise on what they believe. And a non-Christian might look at that and say, what a waste of a life. Uh, or, or someone looking in from the outside might just think that Catholics have some sort of fascination with death or with suffering. You know, we have this central figure of our entire religion with God incarnate in a human, in a man, hanging on this cross, this means of public humiliation and, and execution. We have uh, crucifixes in our churches, in our homes. Um, you know, we, we, on Good Friday, we walk up, we kiss or touch, we reverence the cross there as that reminder of Christ's suffering and death. Uh, maybe can you talk for a moment about how we should look at martyrdom and death in the light of our faith, you know, that, it, that, that we, we recognize it for what it is, but it's not a morbid fascination with death?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question, and I think it's very important when we talk about the, the the subject of martyrdom, especially in in context of the of the culture that we live in. Where uh, I don't think it's it's not going out on a limb to suggest that that culturally uh, we live in an environment that's that's really it's hostile to much of what. What Christianity understands about the human person and uh, teaching and, and and all those sorts of things, uh, and so in the in the idea of martyrdom, the first thing, the word martyr means witness. All right, so we're um, so we're first of, first and foremost, we're witnessing to to Jesus. And in our in our witness, then um, it's likely to bring attention to us and to what we say and into uh, our lives. And in in many cases, uh, can be uh, put us at put us at risk. And maybe maybe not literally our our lives physically, uh, but uh, there's there there's something to lose i mean there's there's career opportunities that uh may go by the wayside and I suspect Josh, in your particular vocation in communications and 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 radio, there are people who you know in in different environments have have witnessed to Jesus and it probably has sacrificed in some ways. Uh, parts of their careers and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, it's a different kind of martyrdom than the uh, than the blood martyrdom that we that we talk about with John the Baptist and and others. But um, it's important that we it's important that we recognize the first call is simply for us to to, to live our faith, and it's that. It's that uh, living of our faith consistently, uh, giving our 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 complete selves totally to to Jesus, that will prepare us to give the uh, the ultimate testimony to. to, to, to God and his truth by perhaps even even giving our life. But I don't think it's it's important to note and and um the, the, the church has been very clear from, from the very, very beginning that the, the 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 blood martyrdom that we talk about is not something that anybody seeks out. We don't seek out. In fact in the in the life of the early church um uh, they had to make they had to make it clear you don 't run into it for the purpose of becoming a blood martyr you uh, if it happens to come to you, be prepared to uh to to take it on and be a faithful witness but we don't we don't go looking for it and and i think that that's uh uh that's a very important um aspect of of the reality of of, of martyrdom in 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 the life of the church we don't go looking for yeah. it but we would uh we we want to be prepared to to receive it if if necessary and that preparation is is simply our our daily faithful living for christ
0: Yeah, St. Paul, he writes about this in his letter to the Philippians. Maybe we can pick up on that right after the break here, Father. Um, Again, if you're listening, Father Tom Wilson is our spiritual director. He is the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, looking at the life, the example of St. John the Baptist today here on the memorial of the passion of St. John the Baptist and how we can... Follow his example, how we can have that attitude where we're willing to give our lives, willing to be that martyr for Christ. If we are ever faced with that moment where we have to make that that decision, how have you lived your life so that you are willing to give it up for Christ? Uh, maybe there's a time that you really had to make that that clear kind of draw a line in the sand moment. You had to die to what you wanted, to to yourself, so that you could live for Christ. We'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149 is the number to call in and join us here on The Inner Life today. 888-914-9149. And we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, Flexible Premium Life Insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to relevantradio.com/forester, an Illinois Life Insurance Society, not available in all states. To the inner life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond today speaking with Father Tom Wilson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, looking at the life, the example of St. John the Baptist today and how he can give us uh, some uh, insight into how we can prepare ourselves. Be that martyr for Christ if we're called in that direction. Of course, that might not mean a physical death. That could mean other ways that we sacrifice in our lives so that we can have that relationship, so that we can stand firm, be that witness for Christ. And we'd love to hear how that has happened in your life. How have you been living your life so that when you are faced in that moment where you have to you have to stand for your faith. You have to be that witness for Christ. What are some of the things that are helping you to make that bold, that strong stand? 888 914 9149 is the phone number to call into the studio. 888-914-9149. And Father, we were talking right before the break. You had said, you know, that yes, we should be ready for that martyrdom. If we're faced with it but we shouldn't run to it we shouldn't necessarily seek it out um, that it's uh, it, it's something that if we're called to it we want to be prepared and it reminds me of where St. Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians the first chapter he says for to me life is Christ and death is gain if I go on living in the flesh that means fruitful labor for me and I, don't, I do not know which I shall choose. I am caught between the two. I long to depart this life and be with Christ, for that is far better, yet I remain in the flesh, uh, yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. So we see Paul where he recognizes all my suffering, all the different things that I have to deal with in this life. It's going to be better if I die, but I realize I still have work to do. There's things God wants me to do. I have people that are relying on me. And so we find ourselves as Christians in this kind of juxtaposition where we want to live life, as as Paul describes, you know, knowing that our time on earth, it's for the benefit of those around us, but we look forward to being in heaven with Jesus um, so while we 're here on Earth we want to we want to live a life, but we should have that mindset of being excited about moving forward to heaven uh, but again it's it's you know then not us trying to push <laughs> the timeline that God has for us, but just being at peace and willing to accept the timeline that he has for us here uh, as as we 're living our lives here and now
2: yeah that's exactly correct, and one of the things you mentioned in the last segment, Josh, is the fact that um we um you know, people might look at this and think this is really weird, this is a fascination with death or suffering or, or whatever. Uh but but ultimately in the in the words of, of, of Saint Paul, we recognize that uh that, that death is gain and that the world that we live in is finite. I mean it just it just is and the the ultimate destiny that we are uh we're headed towards is is life in christ forever in in heaven um but in the meantime we do have uh we do have mission uh to accomplish here on earth we've got we've got calls that we need to respond to and um uh we need to we need to be listening to to what that particular call is for us uh in that uh, in that path that jesus wants us on and 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 be ready for for whatever uh happens to to come our way um and but the our ability to our our ability to see and to look at the you know the possibility of 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 martyrdom is uh is precisely because we we understand what the what what our destiny is in uh in in christ but again like anything, it can be. It can also be used manipulatively as a as a temptation that I'm going to um, go run and chase into uh, places that I may not be called uh, because uh, of, of an attraction to that, uh, and it could very well be a temptation away from uh, perhaps the, the 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 more mundane things of of living my life every day and. You know, I will um examples of this from uh, earlier portion of my life are people getting very, very active in in very good causes. They're good causes, there's no doubt, um, pro life and, and other and other things, uh, but getting involved so much and so deeply with so much of their uh their their time, uh that it that it potentially can do harm to their family and and their primary vocation of, of being um, mothers and fathers to, to their children. And so we want to we want to make sure that um as we're as we're walking this path we're doing uh we're we're doing our primary vocation. We're doing what God is asking us to do uh even in light of uh a, a destiny that might be uh, considerably far down the road uh, and not ignore the the things, like St. Paul says, that, that need to be done uh, in the here and now.
0: Well, and that, I think, goes back to the line that you mentioned from John the Baptist, you know, uh, talking about Jesus, he must increase, I must decrease. Because if I'm wanting to run into those other areas, I might be, I I might need to question if it's something where I'm doing it for my own sake or because I want something out of it. Is my pride the motivating, the driving factor there? And, you know, maybe you can speak for a moment about the role of humility in the lives of the martyrs, how we need to be careful about making our suffering about us. It should never be about us. It should only be about Christ.
2: No, no, that's exactly correct. Uh, that's exactly correct, Josh. It really, um, you know, what we want to do is is purify our egos and not be uh, not be reaching into things in order to, uh, to to satisfy our our own egos and to and to draw attention to ourselves. Uh, you know, even the, the the gospel reading from yesterday with the um, Dining with the Pharisees and the Pharisees sort of elbowing for status and and all that sort of thing. It really is a decidedly not humble act. And right. uh, Jesus reminds them, you know what? You, you you don't do this for yourselves. You don't do this to to draw attention to you or to to gain influence. You you uh, you do this as a as a way to 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 serve and to. Uh, and and to follow God and to not make it about you. I mean that really, that's that's ultimately uh, the the question of discernment in in all of these sorts of things for us. Josh is, um, am I doing this because this is what Jesus wants me to do, or? you know, am I am I running the risk of of doing this as uh, something that's going to uh, inflate or massage my uh, my ego and my, my sense of self and and all those sorts of things. And those are those are sometimes can be difficult questions but, but they right. but they need to be they need to be asked and, and prayed about and, and hopefully bring uh, bring some clarity to them.
0: Again, Father Tom Wilson, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, and the phone number to call into the studio, 888-914-9149, here on the Memorial of the Passion of St. John the Baptist, looking at his example of being willing to give everything, including offer up your life, because you believe in your faith, because of following Christ, for standing up for truth. And how have you lived that out in your life? 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Father, Claudia is calling in from Red Bank, Tennessee. Uh, Claudia, welcome to the Inner Life. Glad to have you on the program.
1: Well, thank you for Claudia? welcoming me to there your you circle okay. of conversation. Hello. Hello. I, I had you on speakerphone while I was cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> thank you. I'm back. Um, thinking about martyrdom and how, how one prepares oneself, I wonder, and I'll ask you the question, um, their um, married life, in, in all of its wonder and its, its call to serve the other, be it spouse and children and in-laws and whomever comes into, the, into play, is certainly a place where we put ourselves aside and do the thing that Christ asks us to love one another so well. And I think that happens. I've never been pregnant. I'm a mother only by step-parenting and adoption. But I have witnessed pregnancy close up with people that I know that have carried children. That's a dying to self. Just every mother who has carried a baby to term or even for a short time and then lost that child to, with miscarriage is certainly someone who has given of their physical self for new life in a way that women do which is, kind, in, my, in my estimation, without even thinking about labor, <laughs> is a dying to self that's quite profound. And uh, one other time, one of my family members needed a kidney, and I can remember, without even thinking about it, saying, well, Mom, if my sister needs a kidney and I match, I think I'll do it. And I did, and it was one of the, one of the wonders of my life. So... Those are the things I think that the average person might do in light of the call for fulfilling a sacrament, or just hearing hearing Christ saying that the most the the major commandments are to love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Claudia. That's uh, those are excellent insights, and and I think that. Uh, you bring out You bring out one of the most critical things in terms of our own uh preparation for our life in Christ, and that is uh living as fully and generously as possible the vocation that god has has called us to and um, you know all of our listeners who are who are married and uh live in the in the married vocation know what it's like to to sacrifice for the other uh, to 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 give of ourselves for uh, for another human being and uh for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of those relationships uh and the and the generosity and selflessness that it uh, that it requires and um, so it's a it 's an excellent insight to uh to recognize um, uh, all of that uh, and and also the 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 witness and testimony that you give to jesus by by, by living that way. You know, Jesus calls us to, to be for the other. Well, there's not a probably a more clear way than, than doing that in uh than in marriage and family life, where uh you you set your own things off to the side for the good of your family. Um you you continually uh sacrifice uh every day for for, for the good of the other, and in so doing you grow i mean i i think that you know people who people who have lived their lives in the sacrament of of matrimony generously they grow they expand their capacity they become faithful and effective witnesses obviously to the love of their family but also to uh the love of Jesus uh which then uh prepares them to give uh even more effective witness to uh to the presence of God and in, in 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 the world and and again it's a it you 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 gave you gave probably the, the 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 grand slam answer to what it means living um living a life of witness and testimony every day uh in the uh what appears to be the simplicity of 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 married life but but really the uh the call and the complexity of 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 saying yes and and being a faithful witness to God in in our daily life and actions. So thank you very much for that that insight Claudia. That's that's uh excellent and will be very very helpful for our uh our listeners who are living in the married state, have lived in the married state or are contemplating living in the uh being called to God in the in the married state. So thank you very much.
0: Again, our phone number if you'd like to call in and join the program is 888-914-9149 9149 How are you living your life willing to give as whatever it might be even if it's call if if God calls you to offer your life for him. Um, maybe there's been that time in your life where you've had to set aside what you want, die to yourself in order so that you can live for others and for Christ, so that you live out those two greatest commandments, to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, to love your neighbor, your fellow human, as yourself. Uh, how have you been that living martyr for the faith, that living witness, as Father Tom Wilson, our spiritual director, is talking about? Again, our phone number here, at 914 Our email address is relevantradio.com We'll continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Catholic Order of Foresters, the sponsor of our studio's line, is hiring today. Several positions available throughout the US. Visit relevantradio.com/forester to learn more about how you can find your vocation with COF, an Illinois life insurance society, not licensed in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our spiritual director for the hour today, Father Tom Wilson. I'm Josh Raymond. And today we're talking about the life, the example of St. John the Baptist. Today is the memorial of the Passion of St. John the Baptist. And looking at how he offered his life, how he was martyred, standing up for the truth, calling sin what it is, for following Christ, preparing that way for Christ, and what we can learn from his example, from his life, also welcoming your phone calls. Maybe there's been that time in your life where you've had to make that strong stand for Christ, and you, you knew you were going to have to sacrifice something because of that. Maybe it was something in the workplace. Maybe it was part of your reputation. Uh, whatever it is. We'd love to hear how you've been able to do that and how God worked through that moment in your life. 888-914-9149, 888-914-914-9. Uh, Father, you had said earlier in the hour that, you know, there are those opportunities where we can stand up for the faith, but we can see that, you know, even though it's not necessarily a physical death, that we're going to have some sort of suffering that becomes that that comes about because of this, and I remember reading once—I don't know where I came across it—but that humiliation is the new martyrdom that we face. You know, but it, it seems pretty accurate in our contemporary society um, that that killing of the reputation, especially kind of in the cancel culture that we really have seen come through these last few years. That's the new way that someone is martyred for standing up for, you know, their beliefs. I mean, it can happen in all kinds of different ways that, you know, society at large has that cancel culture kind of uh, approach to something. But, you know, when that happens, even though it's not a physical death, you could find yourself where... You're cut off from being able to make a living, from being able to socialize the way that you did before. It it, it does bring about a certain sort of de- death of reputation. Uh, is that? Do you think that's accurate? That that is kind of where we are here in the 21st century.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that's a very good description of the the social situation that many many people live under uh, in terms of. Uh, you know, just standing up for basic, uh, basic Christian beliefs and the the risk of of uh, being shouted down just in the in in the moment. But I think sort of the 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 longer and um, maybe the the, the potentially uh, more damaging and and hurtful thing is the is the uh, attack on reputation and uh, people being unwilling to associate with you because of, uh, you know, your, your, your testimony to, to Christ, you know, calling you a religious zealot or bigot or a hater or whatever the words that they, they use on, on, on social media, that sort of thing. It, are it, living out of the faith our testimony to Jesus uh, will cost relationships. I mean, I, th- I think uh, I think that anyone who has uh, uh, seriously followed Christ can go back in their history and say, you know what? This did cost me something. This may have cost me friends at a certain point in my in my life. Uh, potentially, this can cost uh, this is, this can cost jobs um, uh, th- those sorts of things. I have a very, uh, a very good friend who, uh, at least twice in his career, uh, had it had to step out of, uh, had to step out of jobs that the company didn't want him to, but they also wouldn't allow him to, 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 to not work on some of these projects, which were morally objectionable. Uh, and they, and they just didn't, Get it? I mean, they just didn't understand why somebody would take their faith that seriously uh, to to choose not to not to work on a project and and uh, and and sacrifice uh, perhaps reputation, but also at least short term uh, financially and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, testifying to Jesus will cost us something. I mean, it it it, it will and. Uh, the um the the message sometimes that that can get out into christian circles that you know somehow somehow this isn't going to cost us anything and 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 we're going to be able to do it comfortably simply isn't true uh that is uh, that is not true we're called to carry the cross we're called to witness we're called to testify uh and it and it and it will cost us eventually in terms of um you know the potential of humiliation and lost relationships and um, and and all those sorts of things, which we don't look forward to, you know. It's not like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Jesus so I can lose friends. It's like that's that's not what it's about. But um, those risks are are very very real.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, there's. I think this also goes back to John the Baptist here, where he is being very direct, very honest about what Herod is doing. You know the sin that he's engaged in, and he's willing to say that. Um, that also, I think, is an area where we—you said it's not going to be comfortable. If it was going to be comfortable, we would end up telling people what they want to hear. You know, oh, what you're doing? No, it's—it's it's not that bad. No, that's not—that's not all that wrong. No, that you shouldn't worry about that. Uh, But if we really care about the the eternal destiny of the souls of the people that we interact with, then we have to be able to maybe tactfully, of course, lovingly, you know, uh, as St. Paul says, you know, it doesn't matter what I say. If I say it without love, I become this noisy gong, this clanging cymbal. So it has to be done in love. But we also have to be willing to have maybe those uncomfortable conversations when they do arise. And, you know, that that right there, you, you have to be kind of prepared for those moments too so that you don't get maybe emotional, so that it doesn't become a, I'm more righteous than you. No, I've got my own things that I'm working on, but I can't approve of what you're doing because... It really goes counter to what I know is best for you. Uh, those, those can be painful conversations, especially if you're having that with someone you love, a close family member, and it can drive that that division, that wedge there in that relationship.
2: Yeah, that's certainly that's certainly true, and and, and I suspect an awful lot of our listeners have probably been in those uh, in those situations before, where you just have to have uh, hard hard conversations um uh in, in real life with real people that you're in real relationship with, I think um uh one of the one of the challenges that we that we have to keep in mind, Josh, is um uh, you know, you and I, in many ways, are talking about this on a theoretical level. We're talking about what right. if, when, right. and all that sort of thing. Um, we're not engaging in that direct conversation right now, and there's a big difference between us and the and the and the what ifs and the and the hows and somebody actually uh, being involved in that in that conversation, which is uh, which is never easy. Uh, but I think it's important that. Um, we be prepared to have them in conversation with people that we love and that know love us. I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that the, the most valuable testimony that we give uh, is given in the context of uh, people who know already that we love them. Uh, if they don 't then it is a noisy gong and, and, and perhaps a a, a self righteous um, condemnation and that's that self righteous condemnation is not is not testimony to jesus uh, truth and love is is uh, testimony to jesus and um, and and part of the discernment is is where we show and demonstrate and communicate that that truth and love and it most frequently will come with people that we actually know and and people who hopefully know that we uh we love them and uh and and that's going to be the most effective testimony that we can give
0: Uh, down to our last minute here but uh, along with saint john the baptist looking at other martyrs through the centuries of the church any common characteristics that really stand out to you that we can incorporate into our lives looking at those martyrs?
2: Yeah, I think I think Josh the 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 one thing is that um they are martyrs martyrs are prepared martyrs are detached, you know, um you know the the as as we were just talking about in terms of those difficult conversations the uh the one who is prepared the one who is detached uh is willing to take the risk that you know what I need to say this difficult thing and it could it could harm this relationship and and that might hurt me uh, to 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 do that, but i'm willing to go above and beyond uh, to 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 speak the truth even in that even in that risk so the uh, the The real common thread in 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 martyrs is their um, their awareness of the risk I think they, they I think they understand they understand what's what's coming what's what potentially could be coming for them. And yeah. and uh, and our willingness to willingness to respond to that and to say uh, yes and testify to the truth,
0: Father. About fifteen seconds here remain. Uh, could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners?
2: Provident Father, pour down upon us and our listeners the grace to be faithful witnesses and testifiers to the truth and love of Jesus Christ. Almighty God, bless you and your families. The Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Always good to have you on the program. Thanks so much, Father Wilson. And want to say thank you to Nick Sentevich and Sarah Tafoya, producers for the show here this hour. Of course, the podcast, it'll be posted shortly here at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And look forward to having you back with us tomorrow here on The Inner Life as we talk about how we can help those in need. We'll be talking about one of the spiritual works of mercy.